Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, my goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Hey everyone, welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. Thank you for being here today. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition, uh, but more importantly, what we're putting in our bodies. So it's no secret that I've been public with my struggle with PMDD and anxiety. And when I struggle with anything, I don't like to wallow in it. I like to find a solution. And sometimes this can work against me because I end up having too many cooks in the kitchen, and that's never a good idea. So I'm actually really learning to listen to my gut and my body and what works for me. That's not an easy thing to do. I'm actually going to do an episode on female gut and intuition because I think as we get older, we're learning to trust that more, but I still screw up all the time. One change I've recently made in my life is just being more aware of the ingredients that go into my body without being extreme. So reading labels and seeing what the ingredients are and and learning what causes me to have an inflammatory response or my anxiety to peak, especially in that PMS time frame. And paying attention to how my body responds to those has been helpful in learning what I can and can't eat at different times of my cycle. So recently, someone had linked me to the Instagram handle, wake up and read the labels. And I was so fascinated with Jen Smiley's account. We had a video call and I started her program and I've learned a lot. I've become that annoying person that looks at what people in my life are eating and I cringe knowing what I've learned from Jen. I do want to preface this podcast with the fact that everyone has different issues, and this is not a one-size-fits-all lifestyle. Uh, Some people have to cut out gluten for health reasons. Some people shouldn't be cutting out gluten just because. Some people need dairy. Some don't. Eliminating these things for a period of time and reintroducing them, I have found, is the best way to see how your body and mind respond. So if you take anything from today's episode, please take away the importance of reading labels and paying attention to your body. Jen Smiley was born and raised in New Orleans and is an expert food coach at Wake Up and Read the Labels. She has been a fitness instructor for five years, owns a spin studio, and has been helping clients both locally and internationally find cleaner brands at the grocery store and understand food labels. She has helped thousands of people eat the foods they love and feel their best. The most inspirational stories of client transformations, which are life-changing, can be found on her website and Instagram, Wake Up and Read the Labels. Jen Smiley, welcome to the show. Hi, Doran. I'm so excited to be here today. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. First of all, I'm sure everybody asks you this, but your name is so cute and you, you are like a smiley person. I'm sure that I'm sure that you've heard this your whole life. Yes, for sure. In fact, my husband says growing up that he was always, you know, not joked about it, but everybody always said, I love your name. I love your name. And he was so tired of it. And then when we got married, I was like, no, this is amazing. Now I get to be a smiley. Um, and then <laughs> what I, was your yeah, maiden name? My maiden name was Wolf. Oh, so, not a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, not bad, but it's definitely not (laughs) smiley, right? You don't go out and buy wolf shirts as much as you would buy a smiley shirt. Um, But I do have two boys and I always tell them they need to either be a psychiatrist or an orthodontist so that they can be Dr. Smiley. (laughs) I love that, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Pediatric surgeon. (laughs) Yeah, just something, you know, or somewhere where you go and tell somebody all the things wrong with you and you want Dr. Smiley there to help you. Well, it's interesting because your name actually brings a positive vibe to your brand. It really works for you. So good job in that area. 
Thank you. So let's talk about what what is clean eating? I think that there's a lot of confusion on the subject. So let us know. Yeah. So what clean eating is, is it means that we're finally taking a look at the ingredients that are put into the foods that we're either buying at the grocery or consuming. And we recognize all of these ingredients. So often we're going to the grocery and we're looking at this huge aisle of crackers, right? And they're so many choices out there. I mean, there's different color boxes. There's, you know, they have cartoons on some of the boxes on the kid eye level. And we're often going over there to grab those things. Or we're just reading the front that says, you know, zero grams of trans fat, zero grams of carbs, or, you know, low sugar, something like that. And nobody actually knows what they're eating anymore. So what we help people do is pick out the box of crackers that has the real ingredients, because when we're eating real ingredients, then your body actually recognizes those foods and it digested properly. And you're left with the right, you know, nutrition and energy that you need. And what's so crazy is that 60% of packaged foods at the grocery store actually contains sugar and there's over 56 names of sugar. So it's like these manufacturers are putting in these fake sugars and we don't even know they're sugars. They're disguising it with this different name. Mm. And I, you know, I want to, we're going to get into sugar because um, I feel very strongly about sugar. Um, yeah. So I, I want, I want to talk more about that as we get on. So let's talk a little, you were a, a food coach, which is not a nutritionist. Can you explain the difference between the two? Absolutely. So when you flip a box over, you read nutrition facts, right? So a nutritionist tells you that you need to stay in this guideline of so many calories, so many carbs, so many sodium. And so there are some people out there that keep these numbers in their phone, but that's kind of hard to figure out, you know, when you're going out to eat or you're at an event, you're at a wedding, you're at your kid's baseball game, you're ordering something like who actually knows all these numbers, right? And how do we keep up with it? So nutritionists focus on the nutrition facts and surely it does work, but you have to be very restrictive and you have to stay up on those things. What I help people do is really understand what their food choices are and help them make the best decision about what's clean and made with the most ingredients. So I bring an education to people so that they can read a menu and they can order something at their kid's baseball game and they can, you know, choose the best snacks when they're getting on a flight or something like that. What made you interested in clean eating? You know, was there was there a particular moment in your life or is this just something that you've always been aware of? Absolutely. So I would say definitely not. Um, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, so I know what it means to just eat good food, comfort food. And I actually do come from a family that that struggles with obesity and high blood pressure and high cholesterol, all those things. But when I, um, when I got married to Mr. Smiley, he's always been a runner his whole life. And he's always reading different blogs and listening to different podcasts about how to get better at his hobbies. And so it was when he came home one day and he told me, Hey, can you please stop making meat? I want to go veggie because I want my time to be quick. And we were just newly married. And of course, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was a terrible cook when I got married, right? So I'm sitting here going, Still am, still am. (laughs) Guilty. So he told me that I just used too much lemon zest in everything. I thought lemon zest would make everything taste better, but. I stopped using meat. And then we started realizing after our meals, we were feeling a little bit, you know, better, but in his time to get a little better, but we were never where we wanted to be. So I lived across the street from Whole Foods, which I will tell you now is amazing when you're cooking a dish and you're low on, you know, I need some more basil or I need some more of this. And I call him my errand boy. He just kind of runs across the street, go grabs me one ingredient and I can continue cooking it on the stove. So What that brought me to was I was a stay-at-home mom for about seven years, and I used to take my baby in a stroller ride up and down the aisles. I could see people. I could talk to people. And I started just reading all of the boxes. You know, I had so much time. My baby's sleeping. So I'm sitting here reading all these things and I'm going, oh my God, what is that ingredient? What is this? So I had spent years trying different products. And it wasn't until, you know, I bought this particular box of pasta and I was making us a pasta dish, even though it had no meat, I was still using, you know, regular creams and different condiments, but 
I was not bloated after I ate this pasta and my husband was the same way. So his, his, um, waist started to get smaller, started to shrink and I started to lose stubborn weight. I was overcoming asthma, what I was dealing with. And I stopped struggling in my workout classes. I was always the girl in the back, couldn't keep up with the class. My face would turn beet red. I couldn't fit in my clothes. And then all of a sudden things just, my workout started to work. My energy started to be like out of the roof. Everything started to change. So then I had a family member diagnosed with prostate cancer and he came to me and he says, Hey, can you um, show me what to eat for three months? Right. I need to lose weight before my robotic surgery. So he actually got off of high blood pressure, high cholesterol and his number, his prostate cancer number actually went down in his blood work for three months at a time. It should either be staying the same or raising, so to speak. So all I did was go to the grocery and show him, you know, here's the bacon you should be buying. Here's the bread you should be buying. Here's the milk you should be drinking. And it was like the inflammation and the body just started working. So that's when I thought, okay, I might have some information that could help more people. And that is where I am today, helping more people. Good for you. It's great. And and I, I've watched you grow so much in the past few months. Um, so I, I obviously there is a need for what you're doing. Let's let's talk about dairy. So so I am lactose intolerant. So I've had this my whole life. Um, and I have I, I think I wasn't diagnosed until my 20s or so. My, I can remember as a child, my mother always taking me to the emergency room for stomach pain. Wildly, nobody ever tested me for lactose intolerance, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But over the years, I have learned how to eat the right dairy. So, you know, if I do want dairy, there are certain things I can have. You know, Greek yogurt doesn't bother me, but I don't eat it often. I used to eat it every day. Very aged cheeses, uh, goat cheese doesn't bother me. I stay clear of milk and cream. And, you know, I, I know that this is one of the things that you stress. And I, and I have, you know, as someone who deals with hormonally related issues all the time, uh, I know that dairy that is not clean or a certain type of dairy uh, is not good for my body. But I will also say I actually get an upset stomach from all the dairy substitutes um, as well. I'm kind of at this point now where it's like, if I can't have cheese, I'm not having cheese. And then on occasion, I'll have cheese and pay attention to how my body responds response to this. But tell me, wh why is dairy an inflammatory for people that, that don't have lactose intolerance. Yeah, certainly. So, so there are just like, there's so many cracker options, right? There's so many dairy options. And so I want to bring up the fact that you said, you know, Greek yogurt doesn't bother you and goat, goat cheese doesn't bother you. And I would say, honestly, if somebody's going to choose a particular milk product, those are the better ones because Greek yogurt usually is pretty clean, meaning it's just going to be the milk and it's just going to be these live cultures. So many of the yogurts out there have, you know, these crazy sugars, which are disguised by different names. They have tons of preservatives and that's really what is disrupting everyone's gut and causing inflammation are these preservatives. Goat cheese um, has less lactose than say cow's dairy cheese, right? So I often tell my clients, Hey, if you are at an event and there is a cheese plate or a cheese bar, like look for the goat cheese or look for the sheep's cheese, because that's going to be less lactose. And that's not going to cause, you know, the swelling under your eyes and your fingers to get puffy. Your body's be able to digest that better. So I always tell people that, Hey, look, if you can absorb dairy products and you feel like you feel pretty good, like even for you, Doran, you're, you say, you know, my body can handle some of it. Hey, to each his own, right? If it works for you, do it for sure. But I always tell people, try to go dairy-free at least two weeks to just see what you feel like. You might notice that, you know, you feel better in the morning. You might notice that your fingers aren't swelling as much, or you're, you're dealing with less headaches, or I have a lot of clients that have their skin is clearing up because they got rid of dairy. So just try it for two weeks. And I always say, you never know how good you feel without dairy until you've completely eliminated it, which is really why it is important to try it out and see how you feel. And then, like you said, you can reintroduce it, you know, let's start 
with, I'm going to have some goat cheese in addition to my dinner tonight and see how that makes you feel. And honestly, if you don't feel bloated and you don't notice, you know, your headaches brought on or you feel good in the morning, then that means your body can deal with the goat cheese, so to speak. But they're just, there's so many options. And I always say you are what your cow eats. So me as a mother and you, um, did you breastfeed? I didn't know. Okay. So I did breastfeed and they have these little strips and for the listeners, they can probably relate to this, but there's this strip you can put in your breast milk to test how much alcohol is in it. If you have wine, you know, or a cocktail, something like that. So that goes to show you that when you are drinking alcohols, some of it seeps into your milk, or I know there's a lot of moms when they breastfed, if they would eat certain things like something spicy or acidic, it would disrupt the baby's belly when they were breastfeeding. And And so that really goes to show us that what the mommy's putting in their body is coming out in the mommy's milk, right? So they have these dairy farms and they are constantly pumping these cows full of hormones and they're giving them things to make them fat so that they do produce more milk. And honestly, when we're, when we're drinking this stuff all the time and it's in everything, I mean, dairy's in goldfish, it's everywhere where you don't even realize dairy is. And it's making us, you know, gain a little more weight and it's making us feel sick, so to speak. So if you are looking for dairy, the best thing to look for is grass fed. That means the cows are eating grass as opposed to these grains and the grains are going to give us inflammation. The grass is going to be better off and it's going to be more anti-inflammatory. So definitely look for grass-fed milk, look for grass-fed cheese if that's what you're going to do. Definitely the goat cheese and the sheep cheese is going to be less lactose. So that's an even better choice. And really, truly just see what you feel like without that dairy in your life for two weeks and then reintroduce it when you're ready. This is such a, a huge transformation for some women. I have friends who... Um, you know, put cream or milk in their coffee every day. And they're like, listen, I can give up dairy, but I'm not giving that up. And I was like, that's what you should give up. (laughs) Just try it because you will notice a huge difference. And, and I have, I actually have, I actually said this in my intro, I've become that annoying person that watches like what people are eating and just like cringing. Cause I know, I know so much now uh, because of you, but I think that that's the biggest transformation I see. Yeah. For all listeners right now, especially if you're home, like go grab whatever creamer you're using right now for your coffee and read the ingredients. So there's so many brands out there that are so popular and everyone is drinking them. They're at our coffee shops, they're at our hotels, they're at Starbucks, they're everywhere. And they're full of gums, fillers, and preservatives. And so the issue is that when we're waking up in the morning and we're looking forward to this cup of coffee and look, I know it tastes great, right? It does. But we're just, we're adding preservatives right into our belly first thing in the morning. And your belly's response is to bloat. It's going, oh my gosh, what are these preservatives? I don't know what to do with this. And then you go and get dressed and you're wondering, why do I feel so bloated this morning? And then when you're drinking those preservatives, what happens is it's actually making you hungry two hours later. So that's why you're either starving for lunch or you need a snack or you probably need a second cup of coffee, right? So we're just getting preservatives all day without really realizing it. You know, I just cut out coffee. I I was even drinking a cup of decaf and I just started drinking chai with almond milk in the morning and a little coconut sugar. And I feel so much better. I didn't realize how that one cup of decaf actually affected me which is crazy. I'm not telling anyone to cut out their coffee because I know it's very important to everybody, Mm -hmm. but it's worth the try if you can get, I didn't have, I've been there before the headache withdrawal, which is awful. Actually, when I did that once, I said, what am I putting in my body that it feels this horrific to stop? (laughs) Um, But, but it was, I, I actually am just as satisfied with the chai. It's just, you know, I think maybe the spiciness of it, but, um, Mm -hmm. that's another thing you could, try out. Uh, It's not easy though. Yeah, it is. I say coffee is definitely the hardest to change, but I think the first place for listeners to start is to identify a clean creamer or a clean milk that's made with real ingredients so that their bodies um, can recognize those ingredients digested properly and give you that right energy all day long. I love the malk. Is it malk? Is that how you say it? (laughs) That you suggested and you've you've posted on your Instagram. I absolutely love it. I was drinking... um, 
uh, oh, what's the brand that you don't like? Uh, is it so delicious or almond no, grease, blue the diamond? Califa, is that who you said? The Califia Farms. Califia Farms, right. And then I switched to the, I switched to milk. I actually love the cashew milk too. And I, I just, it's crazy. It actually has made a huge difference. So yeah, thanks so for that, good, right? It's, it's so really good. good. So the next thing I want to talk about is sugar. So I cannot tell you how much, and this started with you after our conversation and after going through your course. And I, I really, I, I really decided that, you know what, I'm cutting out refined sugar. I know I, I love sugar. So I've, I've learned how to use just a little bit of coconut or date sugar in things. And I was constantly having these highs and lows and sugar peaks. And I, I am very in tune to my body. So I can feel everything that it's doing. And so I I could feel my heart rate going up after I had sugar. Um, and then that coming down of loss of energy. And recently, I went through a battery of tests. And I had been doing basically keto uh, with like nothing, not even dairy, no sugar for about two months. And I took these blood tests and it came back that I was insulin resistant, which um, happened to me after I had my son almost 11 years ago. And I was on a medication for it for a long time. So I am now back on the medication. Um, but but most importantly, when I was on the medication in the past, I wasn't watching my sugar. I was like, oh, I'm on this medication, so I'll just eat whatever I want. Yeah. So the difference this time is that I'm really watching my sugar intake. I am using a little coconut sugar in my, you know, in my tea in the morning. Um, if I want a sweet, I look for those clean ingredients, um, like you've suggested, suggested. And I can't tell you how, especially for those of us who have a lot of issues with PMS or perimenopause, I can't tell you how much it's balanced me and I don't get those spikes anymore. So mm-hmm. let's let's yeah. talk a little bit more. Why, why does that happen? I understand there are masked sugars that we have to look out for. Mm-hmm. And why is our body responding that way? Yeah. So I would say the, the sugars that I have been dis- discussing that's most frequently found in foods, right? It's this cane sugar. Um, it's this maltodextrin. It's this dextrose. What happens when we're eating these sugars is it's going to spike our blood sugar up and then it's going to drop it down very very quickly. So it's like this drastic drop. And when your blood sugar drops like that, what happens is it causes you to become fatigued. You're now tired, right? And then it's making you hungry. It's telling your brain, Hey, look, you need more food because we got to get this blood sugar back up. We got to get you some energy. So that's why people go back for more coffee. That's why people need snacks all the time. I have tons of clients that in the beginning, when they approach me, they say, look, I'm snacking all day. And then when they eat clean, they realize why, why am I eating less food? And it's because they're choosing the right sugars and no preservatives. So when you're turning to things like raw honey, coconut sugar, dates, maple syrup, um, monk fruit, those are better sugars and that drop isn't as drastic. So pretend you have your coffee and you're now using raw honey with some milk, right? What's going to happen is you're going to get a tiny little spike and then it's going to kind of level out and you're going to have the sustained energy till your body wants some more food again. And then if you're choosing a, um, another good sugar, then you're going to have just a little spike and then it's going to, it's going to keep itself even type thing. But what I think so important is like, what are the roles of, you know, the listeners and the moms? They want to stay healthy as they're aging, right? Or maybe they're dealing with thyroid imbalances. They need energy to get through their day, or they're trying to prevent certain diseases that run in their family. And really the sugar is determining how your body is reacting all day. And when you keep getting these spikes, then you're causing havoc in your body. Um, it's, it's responding with inflammation, things like that. So if you're choosing the right sugars and you know what to look for in a product, then your body is going to respond better. You're going to be able to peel away some of that inflammation, peel away some of those chronic diseases that you're feeling with, and you're going to feel better over time. Yeah, get rid of the like stevia and all that. I mean, I, I those type of sugars, those substitute sugars, yeah, give me the worst bloating and stomach aches. I mean, to what? me, they're the worst. I, I when I see someone put that in their coffee, I'm like, ah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, like, I think women, especially, you know, forties, something like that, they're they're 
craving more carbs and they're craving the sugar. And you read things about, hey, why don't you reduce your bread intake and reduce processed food to make you feel better? And like everybody knows eating fresh makes you feel best, right? I mean, eating meat and fish and vegetables and fruit, like that's super great. However, sometimes we want meatballs and spaghetti or sometimes we want cake or something like that. So if you really understand the ingredients in your food choices and know what to look for, you can bring these carbs back in your life and not get that blood sugar spike. Or you can bring these certain sweeteners into your life and really understand how your body responds to it. And you guys, I made, I am not a baker at all. In fact, it's a joke in my family because everybody laughs that I can't like even like, you know, when I used to buy boxed cupcakes or whatever it was, I couldn't even bake those. But but last night I made a gluten-free banana bread. And I'm sorry, Jen, because I think you have this recipe and it wasn't yours, <laughs> um, but I just happened to find it on my phone. I made a gluten-free banana bread with almond flour and coconut, and I put some chocolate chips in uh, that were actually dairy-free. And my kids went nuts. And I waited until like, the end of the meal to be like, first of all, aren't you proud of me that I baked? Second of all, there was no dairy, there was no gluten, and there were uh, and there was coconut sugar in that. And my son is a sugar addict. The kid, I swear to God, like, you think we don't give him sugar. He's such an addict. So I'm actually trying to show him, like, you can still have sugar, but let's have yeah. better sugar. Exactly. Uh, and he, he's not buying it, but <laughs> when I can sneak it in there, I, I really try. Um, actually, the some of the, like... Uh, some of the simple mills cookies he likes. So, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're trying here. Um, okay. I want to talk. Steps. It is baby steps. And, you know, hopefully I'm teaching them something that they'll take with them when they're older um, mm-hmm. or, or they're going to go in the opposite direction and <laughs> they're going to eat whatever they want. Like my husband who has denied sugar cereal as a kid and keeps a box, box of uh, frosted flakes hidden in the pantry. <laughs> That's too funny. You never know. You never know. Exactly. So I want to talk about gluten. Um, I have been actively researching gluten. I it came back with my blood test that I have a potential one day to have celiac disease. It could also be related to autoimmune. I have consulted with four doctors on it. None of them agree that I should cut out gluten. I don't have a sensitivity. I have I have cut out gluten. I do think there are benefits to it, but I'm also a believer that moderation again with gluten mm-hmm. and the and the right gluten. So I, I read this. I thought this was interesting. I, I was kind of doing a little research on this, and I've been reading a book. And this, and I'm I'm curious about your opinion. So it said cutting out wheat, rye, barley, and other grains that provide gluten eliminates some of the key sources of complex carbohydrates needed in a balanced diet. Also mm-hmm. lost are fiber, B vitamins, and folate found in carbs, as well as iron, calcium, vitamin D provided by fortified breads and cereals. Vitamins to recover this isn't always absorbed like food is. Also, many gluten-free products have bad ingredients in them. So I so I started to put gluten back into my diet in the way of a piece of sprouted bread in the morning, which which mm-hmm. has no added ingredients to it. It's it's pretty clean. Very clean, I think. I didn't see anything in there. Um, it doesn't affect me. So I think we should talk about the, you know, there are people that go to extremes and then they just eat all this gluten-free crap that has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, there are people that are gluten-free-ish. Actually, I was like, I need to, not that I want to write a book on nutrition, but I said someone needs to write a book called Gluten-Free-ish, um, <laughs> which is talking <laughs> about what you're talking about. So, so talk a little bit about gluten. That's so funny you say that because I swear my husband and kids always say ish to everything. I'm like, did you finish your homework? They're like, ish. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just I just met a, um, I, I, someone just told me the story of a friend of theirs, uh, their friend of their sons that's Jewish. And they said, oh, are you Jewish? And he said, I'm Jew-ish. Meaning he's not very religious. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. funny. Okay. So here's the real reason. Like you said, you did a little research and read that little that little quote from about the wheat flour. The issue with gluten today is how these gluten products are processed, right? How they're made. So you can take this wheat grain or this rye grain or this barley grain, right? And what's happening in this white and wheat grains is 
They're, they're processing it to become a flower, okay, to be used in all these products. And during that process, what's happening is the carbs are being separated from the fiber. So you are losing a lot of fiber and you're left with carbs. So now when people are eating all of this gluten or this wheat, what's happening is their blood sugar is spiking up. And often these products also have cane sugar or some type of sugar attached to it. And so again, it's spiking it up even more and dropping it down more drastically in addition to having tons of preservatives, right? So now when somebody's eating these um, products that have gluten in it, their body is kind of going crazy, so to speak. Now let's talk about gluten-free and what does that look like? The issue with gluten-free is that even though it doesn't have gluten, they're substituting it with other things that people aren't even aware of. So when somebody's going to the store now and they say, I'm feeling better eating gluten-free, sure, they probably are because now they're not getting this blood sugar spike as drastic, right? But what's happening is now they're just selecting, you know, their crackers or their bread or their cereals or something with the front of the box that's saying, I'm gluten-free. They're putting the sticker on it. I'm gluten-free, buy me. And so they do it. They're not really reading what's inside of their box. So for anybody in their kitchen, again, listeners, if you have anything gluten-free in your kitchen, by all means, go grab it, flip it over, read the ingredients. And after you're reading the gluten-free ingredients, see what else is inside of that box. If you don't recognize those ingredients, well, your body doesn't either. And so um, I know, for example, a lot of people might eat Skinny Pop popcorn, right? Popcorn, it is gluten-free. However, it has sunflower oil in it, and that is inflammatory oil. So now you're eating this inflammatory snack all the time, or maybe you're eating Impossible Burgers. That, again, it's going to say gluten-free on it, but why would a burger even have gluten in it, right? But people are picking it up because they just read gluten-free, and they know this is going to make me feel good. So even though you're going gluten-free, you're still getting these gums, these preservatives, the wrong sugars. It's causing a crash to happen. It's making you hungry. And overall, it's making you bloated. You always you talk a lot about gums. Can you explain what gums are and why yep. they're bad? But I also yep. noticed, I also noticed that some of the products you recommend have a little gum in them. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so so I, I I would imagine again everything in moderation, but, but talk about gums. Cause I don't know much about that. Yeah. So gums is kind of like an emulsifier. So pretend you are um, making homemade almond milk. If you ever see what it looks like, it separates, right? So it's got like this thick kind of pulp on top and the watery stuff at the bottom. That is very unattractive for a lot of people when they are grocery shopping, which also is why these products are not see-through. They have colors and they have, you know, this, this, this plastic carton where you can't really see what's in it. Well, they throw a gum in it to keep it all mixed up. That way you don't really have to shake everything to pour it out. Now, the issue is that these gums are disrupting our gut bacteria, so to speak, or just how our gut is reacting. So instead of having this fresh almond milk where, I'm sorry, we have to shake it a couple times to make it all combined together, which is better for us, now we're going to put in a gum to keep it all shook already so the, the end user can just pour it out. Now, There are so many gums out there, yes, and they're sourced from different things. Now, with most gums, it is causing people to feel bloated, which is why a lot of my clients will drink, you know, the So Delicious, the Califia Farms, all those almond milks in the morning with the gums. And when they remove it and drink cleaner products like milk, they instantly notice they don't feel bloated in the morning. So why is it okay to have some gums? Well, I always tell people that I help you eat the food you love and feel your best. So if someone loves Taco Tuesday or they love enchiladas and they need that tortilla, well, I'm going to show you the one that's the cleanest on the market and it might have a little gum and it also depends where that gum is on the ingredient list. So if it's at the very end, right, that means there's only a little bit in it. And really, if you're eating clean, you're getting probably 95% less gums in your day. So that little bit of gum isn't really going to disrupt 
structured day. Now, if somebody is consistently eating, you know, a product that has a gum every day and they'll tell me, hey, Jen, um, my bloating hasn't gone away or I don't feel super. And I'm going to say, hey, look, why don't you remove that product that has the gum in it? But for most people, like they don't even realize they're consuming gums all day. So when they figure out how to eat clean, which is what we show, they're removing so many gums from their diet. It's going to be okay to have one or two. Mm, okay. Well, that's that's what I think. You know, I don't do well with any extreme because I won't stick to it. And I think most yeah. of the country is like that. So yeah. I think and and there's so much information out there. So so we're we're be, especially with social media, we're being told this, this, and that. So I appreciate your approach. I think it's important for people to hear from you that, you know, everything is in moderation and that you can still have the things. By the way, those um those uh almond flour tortillas that you recommended have changed my taco night. So for listeners, that's called Siete brand, right? And so what you need, why you need to know ingredients is because all of Siete's tortillas do have a xanthan gum in it, except their cassava and chia does not have that gum. So it's important to know like, okay, of this brand, here are the options and here's the best option. What is cassava? I mean to I've been meaning to ask you that. So cassava is like a potato. So it's always going to be naturally gluten gluten-free and it's from the potato family. Ah, okay. Kind of like a yuca. Have you ever heard of yuca? I have heard of yuca. Okay. So if you go, ever go to like a Peruvian restaurant where you can get a pisco sour, which by the way is clean, then you can also, they'll have like yuca fries. So I always tell someone, you know, if they have fried shrimp or they have the yuca in a French fry form, so say it was fried in canola oil, that's going to be the better option just because it is yuca and it's just getting fried in the oil as opposed to the breading on the shrimp so to speak. So I feel like if you can always just, you know, understand your options and make the better choice, odds are you're going to feel better. I went to Peru for my 40th birthday um, with some friends, which was amazing. And uh, we had a lot of yuca fries. So that's why I've heard of them. There you go. The food is delicious there. Yeah, it is. All right. So my audience, women in their late 30s and 40s, um, many are moms. Let's chat a little bit about our roles as moms and, and how eating like this can affect us, especially as we're getting older and dealing with a lot of new things that are popping up in our health, which is really fun and a really great reminder that we're getting older. (laughs) Yeah, we're all human, right? It's all happening. So, I mean, moms in their, your listeners, they're probably, you know, looking at their parents and going, okay, what are they struggling with? And am I next in line? How can I prevent this? Or maybe a lot of them have some thyroid issues, the thyroid enlargement, or they're having skin issues. They're bloated. They want their kids to eat better, right? Or maybe they are dealing with IBS, which I'm often hearing this so much from people. They're either, I mean, quote unquote, they're having diarrhea all the time. They are having their, their cycles are a lot more painful or they don't have enough energy to get through their day, right? Moms have a big job. They have to get their kids ready. They have to show up to work. They have to keep their house neat. They have to be the one to run errands. So why is eating clean important? Because what you, we always say, what you put in is what you get out. So if you're putting in clean things in your body, your body is going to be happier overall, right? So for everybody that looks different, when inflammation is peeling away, some people are sleeping better. Um, Some people get off of their blood pressure, cholesterol medication, because overall their numbers are, you know, getting better. Um, Their IBS goes away because before they were consuming, you know, these gums, preservatives, the wrong sugar, things like that. Now they're able to go to the bathroom once a day and it's normal. I did have a client once she came to me and said, I think I'm just stressed out living with my in-laws while I am renovating my house and I wake up every morning, my skin is breaking out, I have reflux and I can't breathe. So she was always taking like a Zyrtec every day. And after a whole week of eating clean, she could breathe out of both sides of her nose Her skin was completely clear. She was sleeping better and she got off of her reflux medication. So it just goes to show if you are aware of what you're putting in your body and you understand these ingredients, it's just a little education for a little while, but then you have this for the rest of your life to really 
truly kind of determine what you're going to feel like and what your day is going to be like. Yeah. And listen, it's it's important that we, you know, as we get older, we really do watch our nutrition. It's, it's, it's such a um, double-edged sword because we have hormone fluctuations, which which makes us crave carbs and sugar. We're stressed out with our children. We're stressed out with work. And a lot of people go to food as a comfort. You know, it's tough. It's it's very tough. And but it is also, you know, really important. And um I I'm I am just learning this. I'm one of these people that really I've always been healthy-ish, <laughs> but I but I've always really I don't hold back if there's something that I really want to eat. And I and, and listen, I'm I'm still doing that if it's an occasional meal out and we're going somewhere. I'm not going to give up good food. Uh, but when I'm home and I'm eating at home, I really try to watch. I also try, I, th- I think what we brought up earlier, I really try to start my day with good food. I think it makes a huge difference in your entire day and how your cravings are and what you're eating. Yeah, for sure. And when you start to eat real food, you start to taste real flavors. You know what I mean? And so we're just programmed that, oh, good food is, you know, this either bar type food or it's this indulgent type food. But really, when you understand what you're doing and how to eat clean, you can have all those things. It's just we're these restaurants and the hotels and our grocery stores, we're all being fed by the same manufacturers, right? They're they're using the same ingredients across the board. There's the same preservatives, gums, fillers, and everything. So it's more of this mindset shift where I am trying to wake people up and say, hey, look, These are all the food industry choices. This is what we're consuming all the time. And we have to overcome this, you guys. There's only a few, honestly, in comparison to how many brands out there that are making our food, there's only a small percentage of them who are ethical and they're using real ingredients. And so you need to become aware of these new brands because they don't have the money to advertise. They don't have, you know, the eye level shelf in the grocery store. So I always tell people, you know, when you go shopping and you're looking for jeans, odds are you probably go to a brand either you've bought before, you know, fit well, you know, they make you look good um, and they last a long time, right? But somebody probably introduced you to that jean brand. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't look at it. It's pretty much what I do. I introduce you, you know, here's a clean ice cream brand. Here's a clean pasta brand. Here's a clean, you know, soy sauce brand, things like that. And once you get the introduction, you know exactly where to go find it. You know exactly how those foods make you feel and you know exactly what you're doing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And and what I love about what you're doing is uh, Jen is very real about telling you that if you're, I saw in your stories today, someone was like, well, how do I replace Hershey's syrup? Yeah. Jen can help you with that, which I think is, is important because um, we have cravings. I I love like chips and salsa and I've started to eat the Siete chips when I when I'm craving that and they're delicious mm-hmm. and I, I really don't notice a difference. I also, by the way, I just heard a friend of mine just sent me um said Trader Joe's has a version of those and, and yeah, they're, the they, they're, yeah, they they're supposed to, supposed to be good. Do you like those? Love those okay? Oh good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so I think, you know, it's it's daunting at first to hear this information, but I think it becomes a lifestyle that you learn to adapt. And again, this doesn't mean you have to cut every single thing out of your life. It means just paying attention to what you can and can't eat. I think the most important thing is having control over how you feel. So like you said, you sometimes want to go eat the food you want, or you want to go to the restaurant and indulge, and you want these certain meals. Well, when you're eating clean and you have one of those meals, it's going to taste delicious, right? But you're going to feel a little funky, kind of like a hangover, but you'll be able to overcome it because you're going to be able to identify why you feel that way. You're going to be able to start eating clean the next day. So it's not that you just have to, you know, completely restrict yourself and only eat the best of the best. It's just have this knowledge, have this control, eat good when you can. And when you can't control it, don't beat yourself up over it. You're going to be able to overcome it. I see it all the time. I mean, even me personally, if I'm at a wedding and they have some really good looking Alfredo fettuccine, I'm like, you know, I know this stuff is, the, is you know, the wheat flour and this is the bad milk cream, but guess what? 
I'm going to have me some of this. And I eat it. It tastes delicious. The next morning, my eyes underneath are a little swollen. I feel a little funky, but then I just get on about my day and you can outwork it, say in 12 hours and be back to where you started. Did that have anything to do with the cocktails you had at that wedding? Or <laughs> <laughs> Probably. There are clean cocktails too and cleaner alcohols. That could be another day, another topic. Well, yeah, you know what, though? Let's touch on that very quickly because um, that's another thing that I have found. And women talk about this all the time my age. They, they Wine affects yeah. us differently as we get older. Um, it, I don't. I hear this all the time. I can't drink wine anymore. I get headaches. I get that 4 a.m. wake up, even if I have two glasses. You know, I, I know the importance now of looking for organic wines. Uh, but but to be honest with you, even the low sugar wines uh, still affect me. So I've I've kind of switched to, uh, you know, just a tequila soda with some fresh lime. Mm-hmm. But I love wine. So I joke that if I'm going to drink wine, I drink it during the day because I can't drink it at night because it, it does affect me. But just quickly touch on alcohol and how, how you can do that in a clean way. Yeah. So I think women metabolize sugar a little less efficiently, right, as we age. And so all these wines have so many sugars in it. And there's different varieties. There's different wineries. They all have different levels of sugar. And most importantly, they have different levels of sulfites. Sulfites is a preservative in the wine that helps it kind of stay stable in a bottle of wine, right? So they make things out there. It's called the Ulo wine filter that removes sulfites from the wine. So if you have a cellar or you're going out to eat, or I've definitely been the girl at the wine vineyard with my wine filter. And if you use this filter, it's going to remove sulfites. And so it's going to overall make you feel a little better. Now, There's also different winery or wine suppliers out there, kind of like Scout and Cellar is one. And that's a retired attorney. She's a female. She goes out scouting different wineries all around the world, looking for those who are making wines with the lowest amount of sugar. So if you can find a wine with less sugar and also remove the sulfites, it is going to make you feel better. You're going to have less of a headache because you're not having to metabolize as much sugar, right? You're going to have less swollen hands. You're probably going to sleep a little better. Now, that's not to say, you know, just drinking water is the best way to be, but we want cocktails. And so there's this level or this this spectrum of clean, right? So yeah, 100% agave tequila, you know all those ingredients in there. So it's probably going to be a better choice than the wine. But if you love wine, which I do too, um, you just have to know what your options are and where to get them. Yeah. And always, I always choose, um, you know, the, the drier wines. If I'm at a restaurant, sometimes you can't always get you know, what you want. So I I tend to find that the drier wines like Pinot Grigio's uh, for whites tend to make me feel better. Um, The other the other thing I want to recommend, I don't know if you're aware of this brand, but I was hesitant to buy it because it was a celebrity brand. But um, Cameron Diaz is Aveline. Her white wine is so good. It's so light. If you like a really, really light wine, I think it's delicious. And the label is beautiful. It is. Bottles are so pretty. You yeah, just... we totally have that one on our product recommendations. Oh, good. I yeah. Thanks to you. I think you might introduce me to that. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Because, you know, um, there's a wine store in the town next to me, and uh, she's, like, very particular about wines. And she said, I wasn't going to carry this, but the graphic designer that did the labels lives in town. And so they're a big, big marketing company, but she did oh, the, the labels. And uh, I was like, you know what? They're so pretty. It's not like they say Cameron's wine on it. <laughs> you know? Ooh, yeah, that's neat. I love that. Yeah, there's a couple brands out there like that. So it's and they're organic and you know, yep, no, definitely no added sugar. Difference. Yep. And then if you're, I mean, if you're at an event, one of the best things you can order is gin. It's made from berries, oh. right, and spices, and then vodka. Um, you want to make sure that you're drinking potato vodka or grape vodka, because again, it's going to be more anti-inflammatory, naturally gluten-free. So I know a lot of people go out there and they drink, you know, Tito's or Belvedere, Grey Goose, one of those, those are all made from grains. And so it's going to cause more inflammation if that's the type of cocktail you're drinking. But if you can choose a brand like Chopin, which is a French. Oh, I used to drink that. You know, so funny years ago when I was gluten-free, I used to drink that. And, um, and I really liked it. I, I don't like Tito's, and I, which is good to hear because I don't know what it is about that vodka, but it, it doesn't make yeah. me feel good. But often, not a lot of places will carry those 
you'll find gin more often. So like gin would be your safest bet. Like a gin martini. That's good. Cheers. I've never had gin in my life. So maybe I should start. <laughs> oh my God. The perfect. I, I actually have this recipe and it's called, um, what is it called? It's not the, I think it's the 50, 50 martini love Plymouth gin. Okay. And you do equal parts Plymouth gin and then a Dolan block, which is a sweet block. So equal parts. And you put a little orange bitters in there and do, do the rim with some lemon zest or a lemon peel. Fantastic. Yum. I might have yeah. to try that. Are you against tequila? No, I love tequila. It's okay. Actually so tequila is okay. Yes. You want to make sure you're getting 100% agave tequila because if you're not, then they're adding other sugars in. There's like 51 or 52% of different other crazy sugars in it. So 100% agave lets you know there's only that one sweetener in there. That's what all the body conscious women in New York drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's tequila only. All right. Um, and and just wrapping up a little bit, can you can you tell everybody what are four ingredients that you should always avoid? Yes. So I think first and foremost is canola oil. And that is because it's literally in everything. Start reading your labels, right? And the issue with canola oil is it's high in omega-6s and too many omega-6s in our body causes inflammation. So we're getting canola oil in our coffees. We're getting it in our snacks. We're getting it in our salad dressing. It's insane. Just look for canola oil. Um, another one would be carrageenan. That is a preservative, also known as a carcinogen to us. So we don't want that. Um, dectrose is another form of sugar. And then the last one I would say is any ingredient you can't pronounce, right? So I know we can pronounce potassium citrate, but I like to tell people that I have a seven-year-old that just started to learn to read and he can tell, you know, mint and avocado is better for you than potassium citrate. So just look for ingredients on products that are made with real foods you can recognize, say, in nature, and you'll be good to go. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was so informative. And I think that women are really going to take a lot from today. Um, where can you be found? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, wake up and read the labels. And for all the listeners today, I want to give them a free morning guide so they can go to freemorningguide.com. And I'm going to show them the three common morning foods that are killing their energy and ruining their day. So it's going to show you an almond milk you're probably using and a clean swap, right? And then it's going to show you a bagel or an English muffin that a lot of people are eating. And we're going to show you a clean bagel there. And then also protein powder. There's tons of protein powders out there that just aren't serving the bodies well. So we're going to show you a clean protein in there. Great. Thank you. Um, you know, I can't recommend Jen's suggestions enough. Uh, follow her on Instagram, which is uh, wake up and read the labels. Is your website the same? Yep. Wake up and read the labels.com. Okay, great. Jen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for all your knowledge and thank you for dedicating your time to, um, to this and informing all of us on how to make better choices. Of course. I'm here to help people eat the foods they love so that they can feel their best. And I so appreciate you inviting me on here, Dorian, and I hope you have a super day. Okay. Great. You as well. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast, and please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember, it's not a crisis. <laughs>